66 podcast. It is Monday, July the 8th or 9th. One of those two. What day is it, Ryan Wilson? It would be the 8th. Thank you, Sean Wagner. It's Monday, Monday, July 8th. It's a Super Friends mailbag edition of the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Will Brinson, the host of this daily CBS Sports NFL podcast, the only daily NFL podcast on the entire universe. Um, We're going to keep doing mailbags as long as they let us because, frankly, they're kind of enjoyable. I think they've been my – I don't know about you guys, but I've been – entertained doing these the most. I feel like the energy gets up. Um, you get feedback from the people listening. And uh, so as a result, we're going to keep doing them. If you can, you, I will guarantee you that any question within reason, which we'll get to in a minute, because somebody gave us an out of uh, an unacceptable question, um, any question within reason that is asked on a five-star review on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes uh, will be answered on this podcast at some point. Maybe in the off season, maybe during the regular season. Who knows? Can be football related. Uh, can be goofy. Like, would you rather fight? Um, what was it? Uh, Ten silverback gorillas or a hundred? Uh, who Brock was Lesner's. Brock Lesnar's? Right, exactly. It can be. Uh, uh, you can ask for a restaurant, a Syracuse restaurant recommendation. You can ask John Life advice. Yeah, yeah, you can ask. Nope. Yeah, you can ask Love Life advice from Sean. Um, we're recording this on July fifth, so really quickly. Let's uh, talk about what may have happened on July 4th in our various uh, various events. I know that there were a lot of fireworks going on here. How were the uh, fireworks in Napa, Sean? Bow, chicka, bow, wow. The hike was good. It was a good date. That's all I'm going to say. Wow. Uh, so you were – let's just say you were you went on a two-hour hike. Is that fair? Uh, it was longer. I want to say it's like three hours-ish. Right. Before you answer, Brinson, if you had to guess, of those three hours, how much time was spent holding hands while hiking? What would you say? Ooh. Uh, well, what, 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 on a one to ten scale in terms of like difficulty with a one being walking around the green, walking around like a greenway or like walking to your, your little gym lake that you like to brag about, uh, and ten being Mount Everest, where does this fall <laughs> on a scale of difficulties in terms of hikes? Uh, it was steadily uphill for the first half of it, like hiking, hiking uphill, mm. like not a smooth path. And the last part was like a fire trail. So it was pretty smooth. Okay. I would say that, uh, zero minutes were held, uh, spent holding hands while they were hiking because you would never hold hands while you hike up the hill. That would just be it's stupid. A date. It's a date hike. Right, right. But you, but you don't like, you don't get all sweaty walking yeah, up a hill right. and they'd be I'm like, Hey, do you want to hold hands while we walk down this tiny trail together? No, like you're making... humidity. What was the temperature? Probably 80. I, you know what, Ryan? I do not remember. It was probably in the eighties. You did not after the hike. I did not record the temperature after the hike. After the hike, it was in the nineties. Um, <laughs> did uh, okay? So did it go well? I mean, would you? How would you describe it? Give us one word to describe the date, the hike date around Napa, Sean. Good. That's a bad. Come on, you're great? a freaking writer. Give us a word. Resplendent. Oh my God, I'm st- I'm sticking with good. Unforgettable. Lovely. <laughs> sticking with good you romantic guys. did you have any wine did you have any wine I did not have any wine I was driving were you the only one who didn't have any wine no we didn't I told you we didn't do wine okay so no after the hike what time did you go hiking noon Jesus Christ you guys like hey don't take the Lord's name in vain yeah please <laughs> Brent's mother's a pastor for crying out loud Reti- retired pastor but still um, alright let's get into some football Hey, before we do, one more thing. Yeah. You guys were out of me in the last podcast, Princeton especially. I dug it up. You can tell the viewers, listeners, feast your eyes on this, suckers. Oh, my God. Did you bring out a yearbook featuring? What does that say? Oh, we need to see the picture. Is that you with the mustache? <laughs> Look at that hair. 
Wait, you look like a okay. All right, this is Ryan Wilson, Player of the Year. Ryan Wilson, Triangle Three A Conference Soccer go. Player of the Year. At where? What high school is that? Harnett Central High School, Harnett County, baby. Oh, we're doing high school stuff. Oh, come on. That's what we're talking about last podcast. I'm bragging about his tennis game. Oh, right. I was. I just once Brenton started talking about his tennis game. You know, I'm not listening. Um, he thought I was lying, so I had to dig it up. You look like you look like some uh, current athlete, and I can't picture who it is. Steph Curry. No. Uh, Anyway, Washington and uh, the Jesus Shuttle Shuttlesworth movie. What was that called? He got game. Ray Allen. No, Denzel. I, just, uh, I want to be Denzel. Oh, gotcha. yeah, no. What uh, what position did you play? Second. I was base. number eight, Sean. I'm sure Brenton knows what a number eight is. <laughs> look at the, look position at the, the, the position in the field. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's number eight. You know what number eight is? I think it's in left soccer. field, right? Oh, in soccer or baseball? In left field. <laughs> Wait, are you, were you is this a soccer or baseball situation? This was soccer. I was wearing a soccer uniform in the photograph I just showed you from the newspaper from 30-something years Does ago. Does anybody actually refer to soccer players by digital numbers? Yeah, it just tells you their position on the field. I played central midfield. Central it's midfield weird, though. The eight. number thing wasn't a thing when I was playing. Like, yeah, no man. one referred to it as that. Well, I feel like this has been the last, like, five or six years. It's all right, no one cares about that. But anyway, if you're wondering, I was a conference player of the year in high school in soccer. Brinson didn't believe me. I look forward to the next podcast seeing pictures of Brinson playing tennis in high school. Uh, sounds great. Um, I'll get pictures of me from the state championship. Except my family doesn't keep participation trophies like yours, Miss Ryan. Uh, moving, <laughs> moving along. Burn. Uh, moving along. Ryan has a trophy actually in, in his office, like right now where he's recording. It says, watch Star Wars nine times. It's one of his kids. Watch, well, like you gotta, oh, that's Sean. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, Sean. I was I looking for that joke up. Yeah, that's just fine. Um, anyway, Justin Sullivan. Uh, via email. We're going to dive straight into the mailbag. Again, you can email me at wilbrinson at gmail.com. You can DM me on Twitter. It can be fantasy football related. In fact, I just got one right now that I actually think is really interesting. I, I think it's a no-brainer, but I'm curious what you guys think. Would you keep Patrick Mahomes in the six? This is not from Justin Sullivan. This is from Mullins with a uh, S as a dollar sign. Would you keep Mahomes in the 16th or Michael Thomas, the wide receiver for the Saints, in the seventh round? I'm confused. Wait a second. What do you mean the seventh round? Why would he go in the seventh round? You did. Oh my god. Uh, that's a keeper question, Ryan. You get to. Oh, keep sorry. Him. Yeah. Keep All right. I'm I'm out. What are the? Give me the rounds again. Patrick Mahomes, sixteenth round, or Michael Thomas, seventh round. Oh. That's a really. It's a. It's a really. I think it's. I mean. I would keep Mahomes in the sixteenth. Wow. Um, I don't feel that strongly about it, but. Just the fact that you're getting Mahomes in the 16th, I, I think is. If he would have said 12th or 10th, that would easily be Michael Thomas. But, I, I mean, because you're going to be able to keep him for years. He's so young. I I don't know. I think he he's going to have a longer – if this is a league that you think is going to go on for 10 years or whatever, I would rather have Mahomes in the 16th versus Thomas. He might have, what, three or four more years left at his peak. Whereas Mahomes, you, what are you looking at me? How old is Michael Thomas? He's like 25? He's like 23. Fourth year, yeah. yeah. He's like 23, isn't he? He's 26. He 26. Okay, 26. So he's going to be 30 in four years. I would rather have the guy who you can just always have um, for the next decade. I'm taking, should uh, be one of the best. I'm taking – unless if this is a if this is a long-term keeper situation where you can keep Mahomes next year in the 15th and then the 14th and then the 13th and for, in perpetuity – and passing touchdowns are six. Maybe I would go Mahomes. I'm going Thomas. I will always take the stud receiver running back 
at a very discounted value, which seventh round is. Like, that's Michael Thomas. He's a first round pick or second round pick, I guess. Um, I'll, I'll take Thomas. I think it's obvious. I, I, a lot of people are like, should I keep Mahomes? You have to keep Mahomes, right? No, you don't have to keep Mahomes. There's 15 or 16 really good fantasy quarterbacks out there this year. You don't have to worry about keeping the guy who, granted, is the number one quarterback. If Mahomes throws for 4,000 yards and, and 35 touchdowns, there's going to be other quarterbacks who outscore him. Now, if he throws for 5,050 again, you're going to feel like an idiot. You're going to hate me, but that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I am going to have to probably drop Mahomes, I'm thinking, in my keeper league. Yeah. Which will pay me to do so. Yeah, you got to keep the running backs in the wide receivers. I'm not, I'm not going to drop Mike Evans or you know what I mean, someone like that. Like Mitchell Trubisky might outscore Patrick Mahomes in fantasy. Okay, okay, no, he might. It's not out of the question. I think that's out of the question. It's not. Uh, Justin Sullivan asks. Easiest ten bucks ever made, by the way. Uh, Justin Sullivan asks via email. He's a Titans fan, obviously. That Mariota is entering his fifth year. And every year the same question remains. Is Mariota a franchise quarterback? This year is now or never. Time to bleep or get off the pot. If you're John Robinson, what do you do? What do you, oh no, what do you have to see from Mariota this year to re-sign him to a big contract? And, uh, jo- Justin also asked for touchdown, a prediction for touchdowns, interceptions, yards, healthy games played and games won slash playoff appearance, yes or no. So basically, what does Marcus Mariota have to do for John Robinson to re-sign him to a big deal? And what's your prediction for Marcus Mariota in 2019? Is he going to stay healthy? That's where you start. Well, that's, so 20, that's one of the things you're supposed to predict. So yeah, how many games played? He's making $20.9 million this year on his fifth-year option, which is a ton of money to pay someone who has been more inconsistent and less effective than Jameis Winston. I don't think anyone would dispute that, which is troubling. But the thing is, when you look at Jameis's numbers, especially the advanced metrics, he is actually replacement level. I think that in his four seasons, Marcus Mariota has been mostly in the 20s in terms of um, DVOA, Football Outsiders advanced metric. Maybe one year he snuck into the top 15, but he just hasn't played well because I'm assuming the injuries. And even when he's looked to be healthy, he's been so wildly inconsistent. So I think he's putting on more weight or he's doing new pliability exercises, something in, in hopes of helping the durability in, in 2019. The problem is this. So if you don't want to keep him after this year and you're going to have to pay him, is he going to play for $28 million a year on a long-term deal? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it depends do, on his, do that how good this season is. Wouldn't he play for 25 right now? I mean, like right now. Yeah. But if he takes him to the playoffs and suddenly he has all the leverage. Yeah. I think, but, I, I, I think, I, look, I think for, I think the question is for John Robinson to give him a market value Franchise quarterback contract, right? Which is, is that 28 million? Do we think that's 28 million? I guess. I mean, that's like Andy Dalton money six years ago, whatever, whenever he got his last deal. Okay. So looking at quarterback salaries, um, let's move down into the middle range, right? So, uh, Nick Foles got 88 million with 22, 22 million a year with 50 million guaranteed from the Jaguars. What, what's that? What's Kirk Cousins, what's Kirk Cousins works out to annually? 28. Jimmy okay. Roblo is 27.5. Matthew Stafford is 27. Oh. Derek Carr is, Derek Carr is 25. Okay. So what would, Andrew Luck, by the way, just 24.59. What would Marcus Mariota need to do this year for you to pay him $22 million a year over a five-year contract? 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. 
Yeah, I had something similar. I think if, if, he, do- if he, I think if he does that, you're talking about 28 million. Because if you yeah, look at his 2016, yeah. his 2016 season, which was like his only healthy one, um, he threw 26 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So I think you'd want to see four, at least 14 games played. I would say. Um, Roughly those touchdowns, interception numbers, probably a little bit more touchdowns, a little bit more passing yards. And they got to win. Um, they got to win more than they lose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is I think even if he does that, just given how inconsistent he's been, I wouldn't, no matter what, I wouldn't give him that long-term deal. I would rather franchise tag him. Um, even if he takes the Titans to the playoffs, you franchise tag him and see if he can do it again. Um, I think I need to see more than one season at this point from Mariota. So I think no matter the what. Question, the other question uh, comes – all right, do you want to let this guy walk and take a chance on trying to land some guy in the draft that in August you don't even know who that guy is right now? You can say Tua, you can say Justin Herbert, but you don't know. I mean, we, a year ago no one was talking about um, Dwayne Haskins because no one knew who that he was even going to play. So that's the other math you have to do. I don't even know who the franchise, uh, the uh, veteran quarterbacks who are going to be able to be moved would include at that point. Like, I don't know who's in the last year of the deal, who's not going to be there, who's going to get traded out of the crap that, that we have yet to determine. Remember that stupid, like, should the should the Titans trade uh, Marcus Mariota for Philip Rivers debate? That was crazy. Um, uh, when was that? Yeah, I don't remember that. I made it but, up. I made it who up. was having that debate? Me. Uh, Marcus Mariota, 20, 27 and 28 in his career. His per 16 game numbers are not even that impressive for his career. 3,430 yards over, like, that's if you pretend like he's healthy and maintain the same paces. Um, 20 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. If he has a 30 touchdown, 4,000 yard season this year, and I want to give him credit. I like Mariota, and I like the way that he plays. And I, I think that he is – this is a great example of how sometimes in the NFL a very talented player ends up in a bad spot for him, and it doesn't work out. I think a lot of, this, I think a lot of it is the injuries because I think a lot of times sure. when players suck, it's because they are hurt and we don't know about it. And I think that's a lot to do with it. Now, whatever, you can't – I don't know if he's predisposed to injuries or just unlucky, but at the end of the day, he's hurt a lot. Who's having a better season next year, Marcus or Jameis? I would rather gamble on Jameis with the coaching staff. Yep. I yeah, mean, I think they, actually, not even close. Marcus is, Marcus Mariota is going to be on his fourth offensive coordinator. That's the I other was th- just going to say, is who are his coaches? I don't think he's been placed in a good environment once throughout his career. They've, they've been a run-heavy team that's wanted to rely on defense. He's been good late in games. He wasn't, he just, you know, 2017 was a disaster. He was worse than Blake Bortles statistically. Um, Look, if he has a big year, then I agree with you. You tag him, and maybe it ends up being a Kirk Cousins situation where he gets tagged twice and then walks away, and the Titans are trying to draft somebody else in the process. Um, is he better than Kirk Cousins? No, no, I don't. No, wait, I don't is Mariota better than Kirk Cousins? I don't think it's even close. No, it's not. I mean, I, let me I, ask you this: I want to believe he can be, but it's not close. You look at you look at those two guys standing next next to each other, and you think Kirk Cousins must sell tires because he doesn't look like a football player, but he's yeah, he's a better football. Like player. like if this if this I'd rather have. Trubisky or Mariota? Who's coaching? That's what it comes down to. Right, like if, you, if you put if you put if you put Mariota in Matt Nagy's system, he would light it up. I mean, I would feel much more yeah. nervous about those MVP odds if if it were Mar- Marcus Mariota two hundred to one. I actually th- I agree with that. I think I would. It's funny because the Bears actually tried to draft Mariota. They tried to trade up with the Titans that year. They offered Cutler and, a, and like a couple picks, and the Good. Titans said no. <laughs> Color. What would Don't, I? I mean, what, that's well, a, it was from Nashville. It was like it was like a big thing about would they take that plus other picks and have a bridge starter? He's from then, Santa Claus, Indiana. What he the, lives in Nashville. You obviously don't watch his reality show. You clearly do. That would that's a big what if now. I think like what if Chip Kelly had gotten Marcus Mariota? 
Like, would 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 Chip he Kelly would have got fired? I mean, may, probably, but I mean, Marcus Mariota would have been much better in Chip Kelly's system than he was in the in the Titan system with Mike Malarkey and Ken Wisenhunt. I don't know. Maybe Mark, Mary, he's still only twenty five years old. He doesn't turn twenty six until October. I think it's. I know that he and Jameis. It's easy for us to bury them. It's it's too early for the book to be written on them. I think. Um, I will say this though about Marcus Mariota. No one talks, and I agree with you about him being only twenty five. No one talks in those terms about Blake Bortles. They're like he's twenty five. He's done. Like yeah, there's no right. saving, even when he's playing in Sean McVay's office. <laughs> Jared Goff too. He's like this guy's finished. It's like he just threw for four thousand yards. What are you talking about? Um, like if you put Mariota in Sean McVay's system, and he was a hundred to one to MVP, I would be peppering. That. Yes. Maybe that's who the Rams don't, they don't give Goff the contract and then they sign Mariota after Mariota has an injury. Or trade for Mariota from the Titans. Who, who starts more games for the Titans, Mariota or Ryan Tannehill? Mariota. Oh god. Neither one's exactly the pinnacle of health. <laughs> Mariota. Was that an answer or is that just a? Yeah, he said Mariota. I All agree. Right. I'll say, um, I'm going to be bullish on Mariota this season. I'm going to say 3,800 yards. 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. I was more bullish. We were both more bullish than you. And if he does that season, you would you tag him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 25 and 10. Tag now. It's going to be 30 million or something. What is it? You tag him and try and work out some cheaper deal and see if he goes he for it. He ain't signing that. I wouldn't sign it. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's move on. We can't talk, can't talk too much Titans on this podcast. Sheesh. We have other matters to get to, like, <laughs> There's a bunch of dumb crap on here. It's fine. It's a mailbag podcast. Uh, this is Joey Hansen via email. I mentioned this in a previous pod, uh, but I'm curious what you guys think. He says, love the podcast all the way from London. Listen every day on my way home from work and love it. I've also given it five stars on Apple. Question for all of you. What stadium slash city, and this is a great one since Breach in here because he would say Cincinnati, and he would say something about chili with or spaghetti with chili on top of it. Uh, what stadium city with a team is the best overall experience? Been to Tampa, New York, and Austin in the States for holidays, but want the next trip to include an NFL game and want to know where to go. And I believe, having corresponded with Joey, that he will be bringing his son along, uh, who is not of legal drinking age. So that if that factors into it at all. I don't think it does. I think... Mike, I have not been – I'm trying to think. The last time I went to an NFL game as a fan was 2005 when Tommy Maddox started <laughs> against Byron Leftwich. <laughs> you won't believe this, but Tommy Maddox threw a pick six in the game. <laughs> was this before the XFL or after? After, after. Long after? after. Yeah, because he joined the uh, Steelers in 2002, I believe. Um, Pittsburgh is actually a great town. It's a great small town. I was just hesitating because sometimes taking your kids to an NFL game can be problematic because – the fans can get like crazy, like insane in the sun. Their fights. I think it's, and Brenton would know better than I would. I don't go to college football games to view them, but I feel like probably NC State is less a situation where people are fighting in the stands, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't want to. NFL games, you can get people doing stupid stuff. You got to worry about college kids, but by, I mean, like somebody puked on our seats last year during, before the Florida State game, before I got down there. Um, somebody? Will Brinson. No, no, no. It was a a Florida State fan. He was like hammered. He'd like thrown up like over two rows. He puked on some baby. I was pretty glad. (laughs) Some some people in front of him had a baby. How did you not tweet about that? You tweeted. I was just not on Deadspin. (laughs) It was, uh, I mean, like I was, because I walked in and I was about to sit down in my seat. They're like, don't sit there. Don't sit there. I was like, what do you mean? They're like, this dude puked all over your your couch. Can you imagine the entitlement coming out of Brinson's mouth when he saw that? How he was so poorly mistreated. On his one day off a week. <laughs> I turned around. I was like, dude, get a hold of yourself, buddy. That's it. Pittsburgh is an awesome town. to for the Awesome football town. That's all Pittsburgh. Steelers is all about Pittsburgh. The food there is really great. Um, 
in the city of Pittsburgh. Um, Permani Brothers is the thing. Don't get a Permani Brothers sandwich. That's just sort of that's sort of like the the spaghetti stuff you're mentioning in Cincinnati. I don't know if you know. I talked to uh, James Connor yesterday, or not yesterday on Thursdays, the Fourth of July podcast. What do you he say? Loves eating Permani Brothers. Although I think he might have said he gets the fries on the side. Yeah, that makes sense. If you don't know, they put them on the actual it's, sandwich. So people. it's it's they did it because like you're in the coal mines and you can you know you can't. You need, you're trying to eat everything at once and you're not getting as much stuff dirty. And it's like now it's like they keep leaving the fries in the sandwich. So you don't need to do that. It's, it's not practical. It's disgusting. That message brought to you by historian Will Branson. Uh, that's right. Coal miners. Uh, I would, um, I don't think I threw this one out there, but, uh, I think t- I, I, I can't remember if I, I was sort of going off the top of my head as I was doing them. Um, I, I mentioned that Charlotte would actually be pretty cool. It'd be easy. It's accessible. It's in the South. You might not have been there. You've been to Tampa, so maybe you see something close. Uh, I think uh-huh. da- I think Dallas would be fun to go to. If um, you know what the the New Orleans Super Bowl was a lot of fun. I mentioned New Orleans for sure. That's the, New Orleans and Chicago were the two that I mentioned mainly. I would add now uh, uh, Dallas and Seattle as well. As you know what else would be a lot of fun? I mean, we were just talking about this team, the Titans, like Nashville. Yeah, that's, that's right. Sport. That's right. Yeah. Although. Won't blow you away, but everything else will. Wait until your um, wait until your son's drinking age to go to Nashville. You can go down to Broadway and have fun. Just not, not walk really. down Broadway during the middle of the day. Yeah, true. Uh, Sean, what would be your suggestion? Um, I'll ride for Seattle. Um, I think the atmosphere in the stadium. I know people like. I don't know if people make fun of like oh the twelves and like the noise. It actually gets insanely loud there, and it's pretty cool. I remember when I went there when I was pretty young. Um, it was, a uh, Princeton actually might remember this cause he was probably rooting on rivers. It was a Chargers Seahawks game where chart rivers threw like a game winning touchdown with like 30 seconds left. Suck Seahawks it, had a really bad kick return called back. Anyways, the stadium experience is incredible. I couldn't believe how loud it got when I was pretty young. Um, I also think Seattle is a good city just to visit. That's why I would recommend it. And the stadium is actually in a pretty good place relative to the city. Um, there's like Pioneer Square is a great place to get lunch or have a drink. And then you can just walk over to the stadium from there. The one stadium I would recommend not to go to is Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. I mean, we all did the Super Bowl. Um, burying, burying Jed York. I mean, it's just, it's not in San Francisco. It's a pain to get from San Francisco to Santa Clara and the stadium, the fans roast in the sun. Um, so I, I just, I think the atmosphere is pretty much lacking, so I would not go to Levi Stadium. I can get down for that. Um, if it's this year, Oakland could be out there. I know that'd be a, a terrible place to go see like a game, but you'd be seeing the final season in Oakland, which would be kind of don't cool. wear an opposing jersey to a no. to a Raiders game. Don't yeah, take, don't do it. Don't take. A small I don't think you want to bring your kid yeah, to a Raiders game. Exactly. Um, no, I think Nashville makes sense. I think Seattle makes a lot of sense. Charlotte, Pittsburgh. I think those are four good starting points. Dallas again. Dallas, New Orleans. Uh, okay, moving along to the iTunes reviews. This is from Penn's cousin, uh, Alex from DC, who has actually emailed me. So, do you guys know the uh, Holderness family? You know, Christmas jammies, the Christmas jammy thing? You know, mm-hmm. Ryan, you've seen this. This is new. Sean probably hasn't seen it. They did like the Christmas jammy rap song a few years ago where they're all in their pajamas. They're on like Good Morning America. You've never seen this? Yeah. What the hell? How have you never seen this? Uh, anyway, uh, the dad, the, the family lives in Raleigh and they, um, Penn's one of my buddies. Uh, I, I promise you they're, you've heard of him if you see it. Anyway, this guy's Penn's cousin and he, he had asked me if I could, uh, if I could be the MC for their fantasy draft up in, uh, up at Blowing Rock. And I said, sure. Oh, that's what you, that's where we're going with that story. All yeah. right. 
Rinse and name check. Okay, what do you got? I just can't believe you've never heard of the Holdernesses. 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 Well, I know Holdernesses on, on the pajama dance. Uh, <laughs> if you were only able to order one meal from a fast food joint for the rest of your life, what would it be? For me, it would either be a Cajun Flay biscuit combo with bow rounds and a sweet tea from Bojangles, an excellent choice, or a cookout tray with a barbecue sandwich, corn dog, and slaw, plus a milkshake. Um, Sean, I will let you go first. If you could only order one meal from a fast food restaurant, what would it be? So I don't eat that much fast food. The only fast food I place I go to, right? I knew Obvi- you were going to shake your head. Obvious humble is, brag. Obvious is, humble brag. And so I expect people to not like my answer. Uh, but I would go to Chipotle and get a, get a Does chicken. Does that count? Bowl. I don't think that counts. It's well, fast. that's the only fast food I eat. It's so not I don't. fast food. It's fast casual. You've never what? eaten McDonald's or Wendy's? What's, wait, wait, wait. What's the difference? Chipotle's not fast food? No. It's, they yeah. literally well, scoop it, it and they give it to you. What a, what a, what a millennial. What it's supposed a, to be unhealthy. That's the whole point. Fine. I'll go to In-N-Out and I'll get a, a double-double. Nice. Um, I, I, I don't eat that much so. fast food. However, allow me to rip off well, <laughs> like, In-N-Out's burger menu. Right I wanted to pick Chipotle. I think Chipotle's fast food. No, it's, no, it's good for you. It's relatively good for you. Whole- okay, fine. In-N-Out, double-double with onions, with pickles, guy, and then animal crazy. style fries and a shake, a nice. vanilla shake. I actually, but I'm not happy about it. I don't. Eat yeah, you that. sound, you sound, you sound irate. That's why you ordered a milkshake instead of a ice water. <laughs> this is a hypothetical milkshake. I'm not actually drinking it. Angry is about eating In and Out. Never met anyone so angry about In and Out. Sean, were you? Did you used to be like fat because of In and Out, and now you're like 100. Have a, have a complex? No, I just, I just, I'm mad that I can't pick Chipotle. It's just yeah. not fast food. The guy, the little a-hole who did that TV show for a while was like, it's fast casual. That's why I started Chipotle to be a fast casual chain. He's like some dork. I think it's, it's, it's fast food masquerading as. It's not bad for you. It's it's not terrible for you. It's, it's not, if you eat a Chipotle every single day, you're going to get fat. Yeah. If you don't do anything else. Chipotle is not food. There's, it's not, it's look, fast food needs to be drive through. Yeah. You're getting it in like five seconds. Not Chipotle's it's not something fast you food. throw at your kids to shut them up, and yeah. you're not going to do that. You're going to throw a burrito at your kids. You can tell, Ryan. Ryan, you know they you have can, kids. They have kids plates. Ryan, you know who you can tell didn't spend his childhood riding around in a station wagon, oh, eating absolutely. eating like cheap meals on the highway. Sean, Sean worked. Oh, I Sean wasn't, al- I wasn't allowed to have fast food growing up. Sean sat in the car seat until he was eighteen. Wow. I mean, you can't blame me for that. That's we my parents. We didn't serve fast food on the private jet when we went to Hawaii for vacation. I don't know. That got diverted to Fort Lauderdale. Um, <laughs> I will say this in, Sean, in Sean's defense, as he tells me I'm number one. Um, I, we don't eat fast food either, and we don't let our kids eat it. I don't, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. So I have not eaten fast food in, in quite a long time. But when I was in my 20s and single, I would – and this is before. Like I was reading what um, – Penn's cousin, I was like, oh, this sounds amazing. I, didn't even, I haven't been to Bojangles in so, in so long. But I used to get the McDonald's because we lived right across from McDonald's in Boston. I got a McDonald's number two, which at the time used to be two cheeseburgers and a fry, I think. Sure, great company. And I would get with no pickles because I'm not a pickles guy. And my favorite memory of that is I would get that all the time. I asked for exactly that, uh, number two with no pickles. I got a number two with no hamburgers. So the, the a-hole behind the counter gave me uh, two buns, four buns in total, cheese, pickles, no meat. <laughs> And I, I was like, I got home. I was like, this is super annoying. <laughs> so that's the last one I had, and and that that's my go-to if I were my if I were doing this. But um, I think In-N-Out makes a ton of sense, and fast food is so much better now than it used to be. Like um, I think Wendy's shakes are are the jam. Are they still good, Brunson? Wendy's shakes? 
Uh, I haven't had a frosty in years. I, I honestly, I, I mean, like, we sound like a bunch of douchebags. Is Chick Fil A count? Yeah, hell yeah, Chick Fil A count. Oh, then Chick Fil A. So I'll get the spicy Chick Fil A sandwich. I've that's, gotten that. Well, one. that's the answer. That's that's the answer. Let, would, me, let me ask you this: Are taco trucks fast food? No, that's, those that's are food trucks. Though. Those are food trucks. Right. Okay, I'm just asking the question. Fast, fast food is something we I would take a taco truck. You're driving down the highway. You're hungry as hell, and you yank off and you and you pull into a drive-through and you get a combo, a number combo. I love that, I love that Sean can't understand the concept. Of fast food. Unbelievable. I, just, I don't eat fast food. I'm trying. I just sent you a link in Slack. It's for CNBC. Is. CNBC wrote why it could be a big problem that some Chipotle diners consider the chain to be fast food. This is you. It's not fast food. So I'm not the only one. Right. You're, there's a crap ton of millennials who think Chipotle's fast right. food. It's not. That's so probably interesting. That means we're it, eating less actual fast food. Anyways, I was going to say a blizzard from Dairy Queen is my go-to fast food dessert. A <laughs> Butterfinger blizzard. Sign me up for that. Wow. What a man, of the, what a man of the people. I mean, um, I'm, cookie, I'm cookie dough. Sorry. Cookies and dough. Uh, if I eat it fast, does that count as fast food? <laughs> uh, cookout and Bojangles both deserve uh, – ser- I, I might even go cookout, uh, cookout style Just burger. Cookout. It's, uh, North Carolina. It's in, it was in Atlanta. You saw it in Atlanta. It's got, they uh, usually have double drive-thrus, one on each side. You can get corn dogs, um, as a side. Like you can order a hamburger and get corn dogs as the side. That's, uh, you, that's quintessential fast. You can get chicken tenders as a side, quesadilla as a side. What? Yeah, Those are I mean, meals. No, 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 but it's like five bucks. You can be like, give me a cookout burger. I want a burger tray cookout style with corn dogs and a quesadilla and you will get a giant Sloppy burger with corn dogs and quesadilla. Um, if I had to eat one for the rest of my life every day, it would be the spicy chicken sandwich from yeah, uh, Chick-fil-A. I think that's right. That's, except the fries it was, are legit, too. Yeah, with waffle fries. Uh, uh, Their well, milkshakes aren't bad. Yeah, milkshakes are great. The only problem is you would starve on Sundays. Uh, next up. You buy two on, on Saturday. Oh, yeah, so. follow up. If you can only eat one fast food restaurant the rest of your life, what would it be? So you get the whole menu. That's a tougher one because you. I might do In and Out. I, I don't. I'm on the East Coast, so I don't have In and Out, and I love In and Out. Although it's been sort of commercialized, it's no longer. It's I think it's in Vegas now. There's some other places that it's in. It's in like Arizona, Las Vegas, and California. I think those are the only three. Oh, okay. All right. I'm In and Out in it. I, I think I'm gonna go Wendy's. Um, they have a really good chicken sandwich. They have good burgers. The fries are above Sir, average. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> you can make that joke every day. Uh, they have good enough ice cream. I don't know if you guys, Ryan might remember this. I know Sean won't remember this. He's too young. Um, although sometimes they have them a little in other places around the country, but Wendy's used to have a killer taco bar inside. Do not remember. Ooh, that. I would have signed me up for that. Wendy's used to have, so on the Wendy's at, um, in High Point, like it used to have, you would go in there and you could buy like, it was like eight bucks and you would get all you could eat taco bar, salad bar, and like a baked potato bar too. It's pretty solid. Uh, anyway. So I would choose Wendy's if I had to pick one. Uh, Champ style on Apple Podcasts titled the the um, the review more Welsh and then wrote do it and I didn't get it. Do you guys get that? Did I miss a joke? Is there something we talked well, about? What's the review? More Welsh. I, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't get it. Uh, so Champ Is style Wales. I just don't know Eric? what he's. Yeah, I, I don't just, know. I just don't know what he's suggesting. What he wants. Um, Here is the mean review of the day. From Fergatron69. Yeah, you sound like a blast, buddy. Uh, Team Bias. I have listened to this podcast for over a year, as I listen to most NFL podcasts as well. And the one thing that's really stuck out to me is Will's Team Bias. It's utterly embarrassing, and everyone can see through it. Him ranking Juju above Antonio Brown in receiver rankings was a tipping point for me, because he's obviously just salty Brown left his team. Not very good analysis from a, quote, pro. 
There are many other things I've let slide because I do enjoy the podcast, but it's just bad more than it is good. So congratulations, Fergatron69. You have correctly identified me as the Steelers Hummer on this podcast. Not the, I, not yeah, the, not the guy I was talking to, Bryant McFadden, who played for the Steelers, or Ryan, who's wearing a Steelers poofball hat right now. Poofball is out. What's a poofball? Oh, yeah, I have one. Uh, yeah, I think Fergatron69 nailed it. Good call. Well done, sir. Um, one more. Uh, a year ago, by the way, it's worth pointing out, you said the Steelers were going to miss the playoffs, and it made me very angry. And I was right. Yeah, so take that, Burgertron. Uh, this is from Wayne Polaris, Wayne Polaris Water on Apple Podcasts. I will direct this towards Sean because Ryan doesn't understand the concept of keeping players in fantasy football. Um, <laughs> it's a girly Dalvin Cook trade. I think this is an interesting one. I, I answered him via email, but I want to hear what Sean thinks. He says, I have Dalvin Cook and Daryl Henderson. Another person in my league has Todd Gurley and Alexander Madison. Um, Daryl Henderson, obviously the rookie running back that the Rams drafted, uh, to, you know, for concerns about Todd Gurley. Alexander Madison, of course, the rookie running back drafted by the Vikings. He sent me two trade offers, either Madison for Henderson or Cook for Gurley. So would you guys rather have Cook and Madison or Gurley and Henderson? Thanks a lot, guys. Great show. I've been listening to it every day for three years now. Sean, what do you think? So is it not an option? Cause the two guys I want are Henderson and Cook. See, who is, or the guys that he has. That's what so I told him. I, so <laughs> I, don't, I was trying to read this for a long time and the way he phrased it, I was like, is there not a way for him to have Cook and Henderson? And then I just reread it. I was like, wait a minute. He already he has, has Cook guys. and Henderson. That's what I, told I him. Those are the two guys I want. Um, and then the third running back I would rank there is Madison probably. I mean, I, again, it feels like we're a little bit too low on you would rank Gurley. Mad- you would rank Madison above Gurley? I think so, because I have concerns about Dalvin Cook's health, um, as, as I do with Gurley's. So I think in a, in a long-term league, I would probably rather have him, um, than wow. Gurley, who we are all pretty low on Gurley, I feel like. Yeah. I told, I told the guy, I was like, and Ryan, feel free to jump in on this if you want. Um, I told the guy, I was like, don't make a trade. Cause I think what happened is this guy was basically like, Hey, you've got, we got the same guys on two teams. We should make a trade. So that way we've got, you know, we each have, Two guys on one team. He's like, oh yeah, yeah the handcuffs. Yeah. And, yeah, and basically, like, tried to like talk him into this because this guy's stuck with Alexander Madison, who's a below average handcuff, and is stuck with Todd Gurley, who's a, a disaster, potentially disastrous starter. You want Cook and Henderson? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a no brainer. You just stamp hat. And my point is, always make sure to like, don't get bullied by somebody in a trade in a in a fantasy league because it happens a lot. People are like, hey, you got to make this deal. We got to make this deal. We got to do this so we can like match up the players. No, no you don't. You got the two also, players. Also, don't don't feel like you have to make moves. Like there, there's one guy I play in a league with in every sport, and he just over tinkers to the point where he'll start a year like in fantasy baseball with the best record, and then he'll make so many trades that he'll just kill his team. Don't, like you can just stand pat. You don't have to make trades. As my friend Garrett says, don't mess with happy. Um, this one's for you, Ryan. T Coil 17 on Apple Podcasts. Title is T Coil 17 versus Breach. I like it. Uh, week 13. Does Breach honestly think Dalton beats Darnold? Yeah. He is all in on the Bengals. I don't think he's kidding about any of that stuff. He's usually pretty honest uh, about what he thinks the Bengals are going to do. He's always very optimistic around this time of year. And then by November, he's sort of accepted the realization that they're going to be terrible. And I think we'll have to wait till November to see that. But right now, he's all in. I mean, he is he's probably a, one of the happiest people we know. He's a real Bengals fan, though. Like he, like he's like, like he, like he is. He actually <laughs> thinks the Bengals are going to be good. Like any other, like like any. He's talked himself into a ten-win season. Like he has yeah. mapped out all the things that 
can go right for He's them. He's very optimistic, people. and the only person off the top of my head who's happier than he is is his dad. Like, that guy loves football, and he had to – well, he played for some good Bengals teams. He wasn't there for the – He played in the, two Super Bowls, right? Yeah, he wasn't there for the doo-doo years. Yeah. But uh, Breach continue. I mean, Breach is at the game. I, no, he wasn't at that game. He was at the game where Ryan Shazier got hurt, but that's the game where the Steelers came back. And I think that was the – no, that wasn't the playoff game. He was at the playoff game where um, Pac-Man Jones made those two stupid fouls and what's-his-face ran into the, to the oh, locker ran into the locker <laughs> Yeah, and there was no way they could lose that game, and then Hill fumbled, and we know how that ended. <laughs> how, so, long, how long has John been with CBS? Uh, he was doing rapid reports after – I joined in 2011. I bet he started rapid reports around 2013, maybe 2014. He says John Breach has been to CBS Sports since July 2011. Has he? I don't know if he's been there that long. But that's what his bio on our website says. Oh, John's bio said that. Okay, so he was in rapid reports back then. All right, let, let me exp- let's listen to. So I, my theory is that Breach is under the belief that Andy Dalton arrived in Cincinnati at the same time that he arrived at CBS, and so like he thinks in his mind that there's some connection there. That like you know, uh, you know, I, I, this is how I feel. John Breach has been at CBS Sports since July 2011, and currently spends most of his time writing about the NFL. He's believed to be one of the only three people in the world who thinks that Andy Dalton will win a playoff game someday. The Ohio That's native, the Ohio native now lives in San Diego because the beaches are nicer. Hmm. Interesting. Our bios are not up to date. What does mine say? I wonder if mine still is. Will Brinson is single and, de- and devastatingly handsome. Um, <laughs> yeah. That will update that one. By the way, um, <laughs> I want to put this out there. The next time you tell people to leave reviews, tell them to leave their smoothie reviews because I need some new smoothie recipes. <laughs> just throwing that out. <laughs> this is a football podcast, Ryan. Well, sir, we just sir this is a, talk about your damn smoothies. Sir, like, this is a Wendy's drive there. Smoothies. We just you talked know, about fast food. and it, Internet of recipes. You don't need – Readers to give you or listeners. What's your go-to smoothie right now? Oh, I've been doing this one for about a year now. Um, I brought it on the podcast the other day, and Sean laughed at me because it was literally seventy-two ounces. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you real quick: bananas, spinach, yogurt, almond butter instead of peanut butter because my son's allergic to peanuts. That's why, not because I'm a, a, a hipster. Um, almond milk, protein powder. <laughs> What's wrong and, with regular milk? I, I do coconut milk. Big dairy? I thought you were against big dairy. Yeah, big dairy. That's why. You guys talk me out of big dairy. And and frozen berries, and that's it. Sometimes honey. That's, I don't know that you're going to get better than that. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes people, put, like, uh, sometimes people put like cocoa beans, uh, I'm sorry, coffee beans to give it the coffee flavor. But you're anti-coffee now. You can do decaf beans. <laughs> Just looking for it. I'm trying to mix it up, Sean. You don't do the same thing every day. Jeez. Sorry for bringing it up. Change your frozen fruit. You said mixed berries. Mix that up. Do some strawberries and bananas. Yeah. All right. Just Next one. Mix, mix up there your you berries go. and throw some, avocado, throw some avocado in there instead of spinach. You get your greens and, you know, your green That's flavor. Not That's not a bad idea. Yeah. See? Um, you just asked us instead of asking the where is the Where is the person who was like... He said something about Ryan's humor. I was going to read it. It's like, Ryan's like so funny when he comes off the cuff. He said doo-doo today, too. <laughs> so he's really playing to his audience yeah. today. Um, oh, actually, uh, all right, we're going to take 40 minutes in. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to wrap up this mailbag. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this, too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. 
Visit roberthalf.com today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, back uh, after that break. We somehow got 40 minutes in and we've talked about smoothies, Sean's love life, mm-hmm. um, Breach. My high school exploits. Your high school exploits. But we didn't find out about movie theaters. This is from Z-Rod 10 on Apple Podcast. The guys are all great and Will is very funny and entertaining, fun and entertaining to listen to. You can't get bored. Find the lie. It's funny how they make fun of Sean. Again, find the lie. Uh, Ryan, uh. Ryan is so chill. He's pretty cool and Breach is pretty chill. <laughs> I love this review. Who would be the one to talk on their phone while everyone is quiet and trying to watch a movie in a movie theater? I want to mm. stop you guys right now. And point out that the, there's an obvious answer that everyone's going to give. I'm going to fall on the sword. It's clearly me that you yeah. guys are going to answer. Phone, though? Ryan would find it. No, I would never do that. But I've I've gotten yelled no, at. No, but from, you in your everyday life, you're always texting and tweeting. And stuff. I don't do talk. talk on, I don't talk on the phone at all. Um, but Sean, I have to imagine actually powers down his phone for the movie theater because he, yeah, he, he I'm would, a big movie goer. Right, Sean's the guy who turns around and does gives you the shh. Oh. I no, I don't do that. I, I definitely glare at people if they take out their phone and are texting or whatever. Don't give me that glare okay. outside of my corner of my eye. What are you doing? I would say Breach is a wild card for this, but Breach just might not go to the movies. No, Breach I, would he, leave in the middle of the movie, and then we would not know where he went, and then he yeah. would sit back down five minutes before the end of the movie and act like nothing was wrong. And he would tell sure. where he went. Ryan would like like huff and puff like under his breath in the theater if he saw you doing it, and then yell at you afterwards. I think. I think Ryan would fall asleep in the movie. So he wouldn't know what's going on. Now, let me ask you this. So, uh, we went and saw Avengers Endgame with, I went and saw it with my wife. And I was like, she was like, she's never seen an Avengers movie at all. And I was like shushing her when she was like asking questions. But but like, it'd be like if you took somebody who'd never seen a Star Wars movie to see the new Star Wars. They'd be asking the questions. Be like, like, why is this dumb crap happening? Right. Doesn't matter why I took my wife to a movie. Don't ask the questions. Okay, pal. Um, I would never, I like flip my phone over and, and like wouldn't even look at it during that movie because I think it's a, but you know, we, then we went to a Sunday matinee showing of, uh, Toy Story 4 and I was like checking my phone and the, the waitress, it was an Alamo draft house. The waitress came in and like gave me my one warning before they throw me out. Oh, um, good. Good for her. No, I've heard that, that movie theater chain is known for their food is outstanding, by the way. For it's throwing like, people out there for talking or for using it, yeah. which every movie theater should do. Yeah, but I, I feel like there's a difference between a, uh, Sunday, Matinee, Toy Story 4. <laughs> These are Will Brinson's movie theater rules. If it's a Sunday day movie, then he can annoy whoever he wants in the I'm, theater, but it's I a wasn't, Sunday. I, I wasn't annoying what? anybody. I wasn't annoying anybody. I was keeping my phone low. It wasn't bright. Or annoying the waitress. She accidentally spotted it while she was bringing us. Go out in the hallway if you're not watching the movie. 
Right. People pay to see a movie. Like it is annoying when you see stuff. people's when you see people's faces light up with their phone screen. That's annoying. No one wants to see your face light or dark. And then they're sitting there trying to watch Toy Story four, which I heard. Why was would a, you even that. do it? You paid to see a movie. It's two hours. You can't not check your phone for two I hours. How mad Sean is. Yeah, there's nothing that there's nothing will make me hate a movie experience than if I sit down and I can already tell the people next to me are going to be talking or they're going to be looking at their phone. It just brings me out of the movie. I need to be in the zone. I need to be, you know, involved with the movie that people with you guys you saw A Quiet Place. Have you guys seen A Quiet Place? Yeah, you know the- it's a it's a lesser version of Bird Box. Okay, I, I, I was just setting I, you up. I want to I want to go to a movie with Sean and just like asking questions the whole time. Murder <laughs> you. A Quiet Place is like a movie where is people that Arya? Is that Arya Stark? This what is a Rogue One movie. <laughs> This is a windy, sir. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move along. Uh, WTF is this garbage? Thanks on Apple Podcasts. Loophole. What's your social security number? You said you would answer anything. It's a good loophole. It's a uh, five 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 five. Well, the person who has that social security number is going to be pissed at you. I don't think they're that high yet. What's what are the first three digits of your social, Sean? <laughs> That's serious. I mean, what was the like for age purposes? I'll give you one digit of my social security number. Mine starts with a two. Oh, mine starts with a two as well. Maybe that's that may be North Carolina, South mine Carolina. Mine starts with a five. Oh, whoa, really? I might. I don't know if it's regional though. I'm not sure how the. I'm work. pretty sure it's across the country because of social security. You're like they just count up. <laughs> they just count up. What, right, what's the second number in here, Sean? Uh, stop it. This is going to a place I'm, <laughs> we're not going towards. <laughs> Sean, Sean fell for one number. He's not falling. For- <laughs> <laughs> now, what's the third number, Sean? Uh, Devo3455 on Apple Podcasts asks, no idea about silverbacks. Uh, here I thought this would be insightful commentary on silverback gorillas, but it has a stream of consciousness tangents about beer and occasional NFL talk. He wants to know, is Josh Rosen a bust? How can he succeed? I am a fan of his. He went to my high school. At first, I read that. I thought he was talking about me. I was like, oh, you went to my high school? You should leave your real name. Um, and uh, and wanted to see him do well. But it sure looks like he is going to get Getting bent over with horrible situations. Will he even be just okay, Ryan? I'm, I want him to be just okay because I feel like last year was, he could, the, Kyler Murray could have been on that team last year. That team's winning three football games. Tom Brady or Peyton Manning could have been on that team last year. They're winning three football games. It, I mean, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning together playing at the same time could have been on that football field and that team would have been terrible. Steve Wilkes didn't know how to use him. He didn't know how to use David Johnson. Mike McCoy got fired in the middle of the season. I mean, so many things went wrong. So thankfully he was traded, except he was traded to the worst team in the NFL in Miami, the Miami Dolphins, a team that looks like a three-win team. So the only hope is that Brian Flores, the new coach, and the new coordinator, Chad O'Shea, who both came from New England, have a plan in place. But I think I've said this before. I would start Ryan Fitzpatrick for the first month of the season, see how things are going, and let Josh Rosen have a chance to succeed. And we just did something stupid again. Uh, so... <laughs> Moving, I, I I think Josh Rosen will have a good year. I actually drafted him in our. Um, we did a. Uh, Why is he going to have a good year? I think, I don't think he's going to have a good year per se, but I think I think what you just said. You just <laughs> what do you mean? I don't think he's going to have a four thousand yard, forty touchdown season. I think he's going to have a season where people say, okay, maybe the Cardinals prematurely uh, got off of Josh Rosen. If they start. One in five, the conversation is going to be about Tua and Josh Herbert. That's what, just like this year. Well, it actually wasn't even about Kyler Murray until he declared. So no one thought they were going to draft Tyler Murray until 
February or whatever. I, I, I just think that the Dolphins, I think Chad O'Shea, who's their offensive coordinator, the first time offensive coordinator is coming from a place where he worked with Josh McDaniels and he will be able to design a scheme that is friendly enough for Josh Rosen's skill set, which is to give him an easy, give him some easy looks and some quick throws behind a questionable offensive line to some, you know, they got some decent talent down there. I mean, I'm not going to pump up like Kenny Still. I mean, Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills and, and Mike Jacek. Devontae Parker's not good. It's been like three years of us projecting he might be good. He's not good. I mean, is Devontae Parker like worse than Sammy Watkins? Yes. Immeasurably. Yes. I mean, I mean, he is, but I mean, like, you know, just trying to, I was trying to think. The two arguments, for instance, I'm making is that Josh Rosen's good. I didn't say that. But not good per se. (laughs) Sammy Watkins is as good as Devontae Parker. I mean, Devontae Parker's still just 26 and he's been playing with a coach who hates him and crappy quarterbacks his whole life. Hey, Jay Cutler. Who was his quarterback for a little bit? Watch your mouth. Crappy quarterbacks. I actually remember when Jay Cutler got there, he called him a faster version of Alshon Jeffrey. In that <laughs> quote, no lie, sparked so much fantasy interest. Devontae Parker was going in like the fourth round or something. Oh, you're yeah. right. Your chip took him really early in one of our fantasy drafts. Because people were Alshon. hyping him up with Cutler coming there. He called him a faster version of Alshon. No, I'm, I'm over Devontae Parker. Yes, I may have drafted him that year. Maybe that's why I'm saying this because I'm so angry. I just think, I mean, look, I, I think Josh Rosen could have 30. I think, I think, all right, I'll put this, I'll put this out there. I think Josh Rosen could have a better season than Marcus Mariota. No, he won't. Well, I mean, if Mariota gets hurt, sure. But that he would, won't. Who would you rather have for the long term, Josh Rosen or Marcus Mariota? Marcus Mariota. Just because wow. I don't know. No way. Josh Rosen's on two terrible football teams. You've seen him play one year on the worst football team we've seen in the last decade. I wouldn't want to see any non non Jackson edition on this Dolphins team. Right. I'm not giving up on Josh Rosen. I refuse to do You're it. Giving up on him, but he has the cards stacked against him, or the deck stacked stacked against him. Yeah, I want to like him. I think he was my second favorite quarterback last year in the draft, but I just don't see how he succeeds. I don't think it's not his fault he didn't succeed last year. It's not going to be his fault he doesn't succeed this year. But I just don't. I see think how. next year he could be somewhere else, just because they're going to be right. terrible and they're going to try to move on. He could be the he could be the Titans quarterback in a year. Ah, that's not crazy. That's actually not terrible. What about Josh Rosen to the Rams when they trade Goff and get rid of him, and then they sign they trade like a six that. round pick for Rosen after Rosen is terrible in Miami? They're just going to sign Jared Goff. They're just going to pay Jared Goff. It's, I am aware, but I don't think they should. Okay. Um, this is from uh, Harry Spartan on podcast Apple Podcast podcast question, and it's actually a question about podcast podcast question. Love the podcast. The four super friends have awesome chemistry. Myself and three friends started a sports podcast in my garage. None of us work in the sports world, and we all just love sports and are in multiple fantasy leagues together year after year. We are pretty fresh podcast, eight podcasts in, and would love some advice from you guys. What helped this podcast become as good as it is? Love the content you guys have. Our podcast is called Breakfast with the Boys. And yes, my beer is filled with beers for podcast. My fridge is filled with beers for podcasting. We call it Podcast Juice. Um, Ryan, as the preeminent podcast voice of our generation, what would you say? What, what advice would you have for podcasting? Uh, a couple things. I, the audio has to be good. See, I was going to say, like, you want good audio, a good title. And a well-prepared host. And I was like, wait, we don't have any of that stuff. So I don't know. I'm like, well, the, I mean, I don't listen to podcasts where the audio is terrible. Yeah, that, that's I, just, it's just, it's hard to listen to where you can find decent audio. So that's an easy one to so, take. Sometimes, because, sometimes guests on this podcast have like questionable audio and it hurts to roll it out there because you know you're going to get feedback. 
it's a lot easier when you're all together. So that's good. When you can look at each other, that makes it a lot easier. If you're yep. friends, it makes it a lot easier. You have things in common. I think actually having a rundown, a, a list of things you want to talk about is actually extremely important. Uh, we don't always do that here for the better or worse. I think some people like it. Some people obviously don't like it. But um, I've also known Brinson since 2007. And I feel like I've known Sean way longer than that. I was in eighth grade. You did not know me then. I've known Breach for a long time. So that, and we've, we see each other cold times a year. So it's not like we're coming in this cold. A lot of times with corporate podcasts, um, not necessarily CBS, but anywhere there's a, you know, a company that's starting a podcast. People don't know each other. They're in different places. So that makes it a little more difficult to have chemistry. So I think that helps. That said, I mean, there are podcasts that just blow up too, like where people start podcasts. They hit on something at the right time, and the next thing you know, they're on Good Morning America or whatever because uh, the, the timing happens to be right. But I think consistency, really good audio, and then having a plan of what you want to do is a good place to start. I mean I always think when I listen to a podcast, I want to hear – I want it to be like – because I think the important thing about a podcast is basically like – if, like if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, you have some variation of the four of us or the eight of us who are all the people who do this podcast – bouncing around your head like multiple times per week. And so you start to sort of feel like you, um, I think that if you do a podcast and you want to be successful, you need to have, uh, you, I think you want to be relatable and that's the most important thing for this podcast. Like, like you want to be, you want to feel like you're, you could, if you hung out with the people who do the podcast that you could sit there and have a beer and it wouldn't be some weird situation. So that's, that's what true I story. Like. We were in Indianapolis at the combine and, uh, some Pick Six podcast fans found out Brinson was walking down the street. Brinson's been the rest of the night hanging out with him at the bar. Yeah, I took him down and uh, introduced him to. They were bigger PMT fans, but I took him down and introduced him to PFT Commodore, and was like, "Hey, there's John Elway. Um, I don't know him." Sean, any uh, podcasting advice? Um, pretty much what you guys said. Also, I mean, I feel like the problem with starting podcasts these days is that there are so many podcast in that specific thing you want to talk about like there's a million sports podcasts that's fine that's, um but do it but uh, no i think you can do it but i think you need to find a way to make it different and you need to find your own unique like angle in it because well, i think if, otherwise you get if, huh if you were consistent that's a great start because i would imagine 80 percent of podcasts sort of peter out after three four five months because it's a lot of work yeah and we're actually like when Brent and i started this when were we doing the Ion Football podcast? What, five years well, ago? We the Fan House podcast. We were producing. We were uploading. We were editing. We were doing everything. So, I mean, if you, we're lucky that we have a producer that handles most of the, the back-end stuff. But if you're doing it on your own, like uh, Harry Spartan is, I would imagine it's a lot more work. And if you have a real job, that sort of cuts into to free time. So uh, I think if you're consistent, that's a a bonus for you because over the long haul, that'll make a difference. That was one of the worst things that we did when we did the fan house podcast or the Ion football podcast is we would get to the off season and it would be a struggle to bridge the gap. And so you have to, I also think it's just like it, it, when you're writing too, like you have to understand that it's not going to, everything's not going to click right at once. Like if you, you, you sort of have to build a good fan. Like there's like, uh, is it SVP and Rosillo? Did a podcast, they started doing a podcast recently and it shot up to number one on iTunes. Yeah, cause they're pretty big and they had a huge radio show and they had a big following. So it's easier to do that. It's, 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 it's hard. It can be discouraging to keep grinding away and not seeing great results, but you have to work on it. If it's a good entertaining show and you say smart things, eventually, uh, you know, you'll get some one star reviews out there, but you, you know, you don't have to complain about them. Just act like they're smart things like Josh Rosen is great, but not really. 
Right. Exactly. Ryan. <laughs> um, thank you for that. Uh, insightful, whatever that was. Devante uh, Parker, Sammy Watkins. <laughs> <laughs> Would you definitely take Sammy Watkins over Devante Parker? Contracts included. Yes. I don't think so. I know that Sammy Watkins is going to have a huge year. Yeah, I would rather have Sammy Watkins. You got to pay his contract? $16 million. That's a bargain. Uh, Sammy, Watkins, Sammy Watkins has one season over 1,000 yards. Yeah, he's playing with uh, the Florida State quarterback that just retired, EJ, what's his name? EJ Manuel. So you bashed me when I was like, Devontae Parker played with crappy quarterbacks. You're like, who's got EJ Manuel? Jake Butler's a little better than EJ Manuel. They Thank dragged you. him out of the FS1 Thank booth. Thank you. Stop Ryan Tannehill is better than <laughs> Manuel. Come on. All right. Who has averaged more yards the last three years, Devontae Parker or Sammy Watkins? Call me Parker because Watkins has been hurt. 514 for Sammy Watkins on three different teams, including Sean McVay, including Andy Reid. Devontae Parker's been dealing with Adam Gase and clown show Jay Cutler in Miami, and he's averaged 574. 574. I love this is the hill that Brinson wants to die on, Devontae Parker Hill. Look, One man answer, on hill. If, you're, if you're factoring in contracts, the answer is neither of them. Like, I don't want Sammy Watkins at that price. Um, I thought it was an overpay at the time, just based off his – like, I would like to see Sammy Watkins in a 16-game season for the Chiefs in that offense. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so would the Chiefs. Yes, yeah, so would well, the they're, Chiefs. They're about to see it. He's going to be good. No, they're not because Tyreek Hill – I mean, they're going to see him for like six games. He's going to get hurt four games in. You're nuts. 1,000 yards, Ryan? Yeah. Easy. All right, Ryan. I got a, I, I got a five dollar bet for you guys. This okay. is this is stupid to me. I'm gonna do it anyway. I'll take. Uh, you guys got to spot me. Oh my god! Are you gonna bet Devontae Parker gets more yards than Sammy Watkins? You got to spot yes. me. You got to spot me 125 yards, five bucks a piece. Wait, spot you how many yards? 125. So if if Watkins so has 125, so yards, if Watkins has 120, if if Watkins has 725 and Devontae Parker has 600, it's a push. Push. Yeah. yeah, I'll do that. Right. Yeah, I like that bet. All right, uh, we need some. We need some sort of uh, sound noise when we make a bet. Uh, and say, boom! I just did a thumbs up emoji. Yeah, it doesn't really have the same panache uh, uh, with a uh, audio only podcast. But thank you for alerting us to your thumbs up emoji. You know, if I lose that bet, it's fine. I'll just take five dollars out of the thousand dollars that Ryan's going <laughs> to be sending me at the end of the year. Exactly. I'm hoping actually, to... Ryan, just take it out of my check and give. Brinson that extra five. I know. See, Ryan's having having cash. Ryan's gonna have to write his checks for a thousand dollars. I meant to ask you. So, what what is a crazier bet? The two hundred one, me taking a four, uh, two two hundred one or ten dollars on two hundred one odds for um, oh, ten dollars. I thought it was five. Okay, five total. Ten total. Okay. For Trubisky to win the MVP in twenty nineteen, or our former boss Matt Tabeek predicting that the twenty seventeen Raiders would go exactly twelve and four. Uh, do you count, do you life. count what was at stake in both bets? Well, clearly that was much more. <laughs> I, I would much rather be, I'd much rather pay, pay out $2,000. But a Teresi's much uh, less risky in terms of the monetary payout. Now, Tabeek's bet was terrible because he wasn't, they're going to win more than 11 games. Exactly 12. He literally doubled down on, I have a feeling they're going to win exactly 12 games. He was like, 13 exactly. games I lose, 14 games I lose. It was exactly 12 games. And it somehow happened. To be expected, the only winning the season since 2002. <laughs> right. The, the odds of the Raiders winning 12 games in any given season is more, like I still think it's more likely than Trubisky winning MVP. No way. They, they went from 2003 to 2016 without winning. They were averaging like four wins a year. They needed like seven 
crazy comebacks to get 12. <laughs> and they needed, they needed Derek Carr to get hurt at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, they got to 12 and he had to break his leg in order for them to go stay at 12. Oh my God. That's one of the best bets in, in, it's one of the best call your shots. It's not a best bet. Yeah. It's a terrible bet. Cause we even yeah. said we'll give you more than 12. Like you can have 13, 14, 15, 16. He's like, nope. no, just 12. That's a six. On us. He's like, no, seven minute abs. And we it's spent all... the entire night. That was when, that was, that was one of the nights when I raced Brinson. and we spent the entire night just making fun of him for that bet. Yeah. And I think we spent most of the season until it became clear that he actually had a chance to hit the bat. That's what dawned on me. I'm going to spend this 2019 season sweating on Mr. Besky as a MVP candidate. Yeah, I'm really funny. excited for week one on national television for him to throw like five touchdowns. Sean pops into Slack. He's like, hey, uh, should I get that uh, MVP poll started this week? Or hey, what, Ryan? <laughs> You're nervous? I'll give you – just pay me 100 right now. Yeah. We'll call it even. I'll buy you Give me 100 bucks. That's what I'm going to offer. At some oh. point, week eight. Screw that or guy. We're just gonna cash out at like four hundred dollars. Screw that yeah. guy, Ryan. I'll buy you out for fifty right now. <laughs> you guys can buy each other out for fifty bucks each. <laughs> um, let's see. M Mart six seven six seven. This is running long, but we'll finish up in a second. Hey guys, love the podcast, Ryan. His quick, honest humor makes a super friends episode for me. I, I have these listeners, man. Like, what? They think Ryan's funny? Like, yeah. all right, whatever. I have two questions. I have two questions. The first is this. Brinson, are you scared to go on vacation again? Short answer, no. Uh, the last vacation gave us Prisco and Brady Quinn arguing about Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, where Prisco changed the nature of of this question 17 times. I was on my commute home and listening to them argue for 30 minutes made me seriously contemplate whether or not driving into a wall at 70 miles an hour, 75 miles an hour wouldn't be better. I couldn't listen to the podcast for a full week after just to make sure you were back. You leaving us to listen to that is much worse than the many times you don't get an episode off. Uh, sneaky little backhanded slap in the face there on me not getting an episode up. Um, no, I'm not scared to take vacation. And to answer a, a follow-up question, no, I didn't listen to that episode. Are you kidding me? Why do I, I did. Was it good? Oh, yeah, that's right. You. I saw people complaining about it, so I wanted to see. <laughs> I actually didn't think it was as bad as people were making it out to be. They were in the same room, so it was probably pretty good, decent quality. Um, my real question is, this is actually interesting. Do major media outlets like CBS and ESPN actually care about smaller markets? I grew up in Atlanta, and the few times they've been interesting, which I realize isn't often, the major outlets don't seem to care about us or give us any kind of major attention beyond tiny blips. Am I imagining this, or is it really that much more fun to crap over bad New York teams? I think it's a really interesting question, actually. Um, I, th- I can't speak for ESPN, but I will say this. Uh, for CBS, uh, the good news is if you're in a small market is that um, – Pete is a big Falcons and Jaguar supporter historically. Um, he lived in Jacksonville for a long time, and, and he was close with a lot of the, the Falcons guys, and he still sort of – I think he still sort of props them up when he talks about them. Um, JLC, Jason Lincoln Forrest from Baltimore, he talks about Baltimore a lot. I don't think Steelers are a small market. They're a really good football team, but, you know, I talk about them. Is Charlotte a small market? I don't know if yeah, they're really yeah. – I think the Panthers are a small market. All right. So, you know, Brinson's pimping them when he does – uh, clearly the Bengals are small market. I got the small fair? market bears. Bears that's small joke. market? That's, that's a joke. That was a joke. Oh, right. I never know with you. No. Right. But I think that's different. Like, I don't know what ESPN's strategy is. I don't listen to their, like, NFL podcast, so I don't know who, cause Barnwell doesn't, he's, um, he went to school in Boston, but I don't know if he's a Patriots fan. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, he, went to, he went to Northeastern. He's a Giants fan. Okay. So yeah. So I don't know if he talks a lot about the Giants or not. We know many times he's a Seahawks fan. So he talks about that. Um, but in general, I feel like it's, it's not balanced because we're still missing out on a lot of teams and we don't talk a lot about the Jaguars unless Pete's talking about it. We're making fun of at the time Blake Bortles. 
but I think it is geared towards the teams that most fans like only because that's where the, I mean, honestly, that's where the money's at. Yeah. I, well, go ahead, Sean. Sorry. Oh, no, I just, I don't think it informs at least, I mean, I can't speak for everyone. Like I don't ever, I don't think individual writers and analysts ever factor that in maybe like higher up. I don't know, but like, I'm never going to pick a big market team over the small market team because I was like, Oh, the, there's more fans there and then they'll read it more. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't think most individuals factor it in. Um, I can't speak to like how higher ups work in the industry. 100%. Breach does. I would imagine Brinson does. I, when I'm writing things, well, Brinson picks the Chargers all the times, and like the Chargers are not a. He picked That's, the Falcons once. I uh, remember he was going to eat the shoe or something. No, no, uh, I mean like your day to day writing. All right, For, I honestly don't care about that very much. I mean, it's one of those things where I don't care about it. But yeah, if something happens to a Cowboys player, like I know, or a Patriots player, you know what I mean. You know that you have to write that. But I don't shy away from writing about the Jaguars. I mean. I used to have a lot of fun writing about the Jaguars when they were really, really bad. Yeah, you used uh, to love panning Josh Allen last season. That blew up in your face. What? Josh Allen still sucks. He's going to be good this year. Yeah, it's uh, you suck. No, he's not. It's going to blow up in your face. He's the Devontae Parker of quarterbacks. I, I, I do think I think I think the two recent examples that come to my mind when talking about this uh, big market syndrome is uh, the Panthers and the Falcons, 2015 and 2016. Remember, like, the, the, I mean, the Falcons were putting together in 2016 one of the greatest offensive seasons in NFL history, and it didn't really feel like anybody wanted to talk about them. Um, in 2015, the Panthers went 15 and one, and all anybody but, wanted to talk about was how they were the worst nine and O team in NFL history, except for the Chiefs the year before, which is another good example of. of, of, the, of in that year too, the Arizona Cardinals were also had that really good offense with David Johnson and Carson Palmer. So yeah. that was a really weird small market kind of season. I mean, here's the bottom line is that when we write about the Panthers, it does less engagement than when we write about the Cowboys. I mean, and that's, and that's a reality. And, and, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying that CBS's editorial staff drives us towards more traffic, but the, it is a bottom line business and people like hits and, and, and stories that engage readers. And stories that engage more readers are typically going to do better. Now, having said that, I've got a billion Cam Newton stories I've written that have done bonkers traffic, but that might not be a Panthers thing so much as a Cam Newton is a lightning rod type of thing. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so I was going to say, I think it's less for us, at least I see it. It's less about the team and more about the, the personalities and the players that they have on the team. Like, uh, I mean, the Packers, I mean, they're, they're in Green Bay. Uh, like city that probably shouldn't have a professional sports team, but their traffic, I feel like for us does fine or does well because they have a Rogers and they've been such a good, huh? They're not small market football. You don't consider, I mean, then I don't really understand the difference of small market because they're in Green Bay. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a small town, but it, it, I mean, Packers fans are everywhere. It's not like Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is clearly much bigger than Green Bay geographically, but I mean, how many Bucks fans do you know? No, I think, but like, if you, okay, so if you took, um, Aaron Rodgers off the Packers and replaced it with Marcus Mariota, and I'm not saying like, you know, crappy, but, you know, like, that's. No, if, yeah. if they were terrible for three yeah. years, then, right. They've been good for so long with two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time that, that's what I'm saying is that even if they're, I don't know if they're small market or not, but even if they were small market, yeah, I think they would market. still drive traffic because. Yeah. Or drive interest because they have two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time going back to back. And the thing with the like New York, Mahomes. yeah, Mahomes drives traffic to Kansas City. Kansas City is, I think, relatively small market NFL wise. 
No one cared when um, what's the guy's name? The former Patriots quarterback they traded for Matt Castle. Castle. Yeah, when Matt Castle was tearing things up with Todd Haley, no one cared about that team. Yeah, and like, look, the the Browns are an interesting example too because compare the Browns to the Dolphins, for example. The Dolphins are in Miami which is one of the biggest media markets in the country. People don't give one crap about Miami because the Dolphins are always 8-8. Eight and eight. People, The Browns drive a ton of traffic and draw, drive a ton of interest because they are either 0-16 or one of the top five like uh, candidates to win the Super Bowl in a year where they have a guy like Baker Mayfield. And, and their fan base is yeah. nationwide, worldwide. But they like, have fans everywhere. But like Miami is objectively a ten times bigger media market than Cleveland. Hundred percent, right? But I mean, I don't know. Like NBA, are, are the Heat bigger than the the Cavs? Not. It depends on where LeBron's playing. No, okay. like that. But it's the same sort of thing. Like it matters where the stars are. Golden State, right. like the Golden State Warriors, have been outside of the realm of interest on the in, were outside the realm of interest from NBA perspective for thirty years. Like they were, as, they were as interesting as the Clippers. Uh, and then they add Steph Curry, they add Clay Thompson, they make a title run. They're now they're the preeminent team, and then they add Durant. It takes them over the top for five straight years. I mean, it's the same sort of thing. It's just it's driven by the storyline. And so, if you're just floating in this mall of mediocrity, nobody really cares. If you're like the Giants and you're Dave Gettleman, who's like doing the making fun of reporters thing, and you draft Saquon Barkley, and then you draft Daniel Jones six overall, are the Giants any good? No, but they're approaching Jets territory now, where it's like. We love making fun of them, and you know when you poke the bear <laughs> that people are going to flip out about it. And so it's one of those things, I think, where, you know, there's the voice of the media, the national media now in 2019 is maybe a little snarkier than it might have been in years past. And so sometimes when we're poking fun at a team like that, it's not like we're, we're not just, it's like, oh, that's New York. It's just like, it's just like, it's not like we're like gravitating towards a big market. We're gravitating towards a team that we consider to be stupid. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's why I used to like writing about the Jaguars when, you know, when people thought they were on the cusp and every single year they were terrible. Or the Browns used to be, every single year we used to write at least one post was, this is like the most Brown, Browns do the most Browns thing ever to lose a game. And I swear we probably did that post three times a season for a long time. And I feel like those posts always drive good engagement because everyone likes, every other fan likes collectively laughing at the loser, which sounds bad, but it's, but it's true. And, if, and the flip side of that is if Patrick Mahomes was doing what he was doing in Jacksonville, those posts would probably do a lot of engagement because it's Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter where he's playing. Yeah. But they've had Blake Bortles in a running game that wants to run it into the middle of the line. So that's not very interesting. Who's another team that – like the Bengals. The, the, nobody cares about the Bengals, right? No, I don't think so. Breach, if we didn't know Breach and Breach didn't work for CBS, and we didn't, we didn't talk about them nearly as much. As Titans are a good example too. Like, oh, I mean, the Texans have been really boring too. Yeah. Um, the Texans now have, they have Watson that I think is and JJ Watt. Right, they have star power. Right, but, they're but also, that, they're, that's a team where if they lost Watt, Hopkins, and Watson, and were just a Normal bad team, no one would care about. That's a new fan base as well. That's 2002. The 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 Oilers left for Tennessee. They got a new team with a new logo. David Carr, who hates Brinson. So that's a little different. But I feel like um, the Browns might rival the Steelers in the AFC North in terms of popularity, in terms of their fan base. Right now, yeah, I think so. I think it forever. Like they've been terrible forever, and then that the fact that they're good is. But, I mean, 
they've always had fans all over the country, which is sort of weird, but it's 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 a reality. Uh, all right, you want to get out of here? Yeah. Good podcast, long podcast. Maybe we'll get split up into two podcasts. We'll see. Um, I think tomorrow, Tuesday, July the 9th, we're going to talk to Jeff Schwartz, former NFL offensive lineman, now with the Action Network and SB Nation, uh, about offensive line rankings. So excited for that. I uh, hope everybody had a great fourth and a great weekend. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.